So what comes to mind when you think of the word joy? Is it thrill? Gladness? Excitement? Now what if you were to add the word great to it? Would that change your definition in any way? Maybe something like great thrill? Great excitement? You see, many of us, we've heard the song Joy to the World every Christmas. And lost in hearing that constantly, we've missed the news actually found in Luke chapter 2. The good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. You see, today we're going to look at specifically what does it mean that we are to have great joy. And what was that great joy that was revealed to the shepherds? We're going to be looking specifically at the importance of the arrival of the Son of God to earth to rescue sinful man. We'll be looking at, number one, the audience in verses 8 through 9 in chapter 2. Number two, the message, verses 10 through 14. And number three, the reaction, verses 15 through 20. These are different things that we need to look at in this text that explain to us what it is that God has waiting for us when it comes to the great joy that he wants us to have. In fact, if you were to read earlier in chapter 2, you'll find that Jesus was born in Bethlehem due to the census conducted at that time. It was required of each family to return to their place of origin. In Joseph's case here, he was of the line of David and he came back to Bethlehem. We don't know exactly how long um, they had been in Bethlehem uh, before Mary delivered Jesus, but we do know that she had given birth what appears to be in a cave or a place where the animals dwell, because she laid him in a man manger, which is actually a feeding trough, if you will, for animals. It's in this context that we see what makes the birth of Christ good tidings of great joy. So number one, let's look at the audience in verses 8 through 9. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. You see, the angel of the Lord, he came to deliver wonderful news to these shepherds. Shepherds are typically those that weren't really cared much by others in society. Uh, they were looked down on, actually, in society. They didn't exactly hold the high status, if you will. What's interesting here is the message being conveyed to them is one that the connection that Jesus was seeking with mankind started at the bottom, with lowly shepherds, particularly those that were at the bottom of the economic status. There's some neat insights here about the audience that we see here in the text. First of all, we already mentioned this. These shepherds were of a low reputation in society. Also, these shepherds were going about doing what they always did. It's ordinary tasks that sometimes God does incredible things. These shepherds weren't, <laughs> if you will, on a special crusade for God or performing a special ritual when the angels were sent to deliver this message. In fact, they were just simply doing what they'd always done, protecting the sheep, nourishing them, taking care of them. One of the things I think is important for all of us to pay attention to, sometimes 
those things in life that we think, oh, they really don't matter. Those ordinary things, if you will. Those are the things that sometimes become the greatest moments in our lives. Some of the greatest moments in your life and my life can come from the most ordinary task. This wasn't something extraordinary that they were doing. It was just the ordinary, everyday work. And yet, they were delivered incredible news here. They had just done what they always did. What's amazing is that we miss this many times. God is not looking at someone's financial status or place in society to determine whether or not that person is deserving of Christ. He's looking for those that long and need him. These shepherds, as they see the angel of the Lord, they're absolutely terrified at first. We see that here in the text. They're absolutely scared at what they just saw. And they're scared because with that angel appears a multitude of angels. I bet you and I would be stunned to see something like that. You see, this is because they hadn't even heard what the message was that the angel wanted to deliver. This is a host of angels that are singing brightly that we find here in this text. A truth so incredible that they would only know because God decided to share that with them directly. Listen to what one author says about this. Christmas is telling you that you could never get to heaven on your own. God had to come to you. So we've looked at the audience. Now let's look at the message, which I think is very important and why there is to be great joy that we all share. Number two, the message, verses 10 through 14. Look at what it says. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. The angel assures the shepherds that there's nothing for them to fear. In fact, he assures Mary the same thing earlier as well. There is nothing to fear because this is good news that they're delivering to them. They should rejoice rather than be afraid. I think that's something for us to think about. In times of fear... There's much to rejoice in. For those of us that know Jesus Christ, there's always a chance to rejoice. And yet, many times we live in constant fear and frustration. We're overwhelmed by all the things going on that we forget there's so much to rejoice in. The angel is delivering that good news. The gospel, if you will. There's great joy in this. This is not just some joyous occasion. This is the moment of great joy that is to be to all people. Not only for just the shepherds, but for all, including the Magi later on, that would have the message delivered to them as well. So what was it that made this good news, or tidings of great joy, if you will? Well, let's look at a couple key phrases here. 
One of them we're going to look at is this day. This day. No need to wait any longer. The one that was prophesied has arrived. He is here. There's no longer a need for a prophetic utterance, if you will. Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel is with us. The city of David. This is really neat when you actually think about it. The city of David. David himself was a shepherd boy. He was a shepherd. He was a shepherd before God, and then as God sought to give him grace, he elevated him to the status of a king. You see, many people don't even realize that not everybody is born to wealth, to prosperity, to greatness, if you will. David was just a simple shepherd boy that God elevated to that status. In fact, what's interesting is David refers to God, the Lord, as his shepherd. Jesus himself says that he's the good shepherd, and he cares for his sheep. In fact, Jesus cares so much for his sheep that he gives his life for the sheep. A savior. It's another phrase we see here, a savior. The deliverer, if you will, is here. He's here to deliver his people from their sin. Another phrase we see here is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. Messiah God, the anointed of God. The one with power and authority because he of his own will paid for our sin. He offered himself as the perfect atonement for us. You see, the shepherds were given this incredible message that was not just for them, but for all people. This was given to them to spread the message. Jesus is the Savior of all people. He came to bring the good news to people from every tribe and nation on this earth. As the angels declared here in verse 14, look at what it says. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You see, God's shalom, God's peace, the inclusion of all his blessings, not just the stopping of the hostility between God and man, but an inclusion of all the other blessings that were provided. God has not only sent his son to forgive sins, but to bring about peace between him and mankind. He sent Messiah to bestow favor on those who have peace with him through his son, Jesus Christ. This message was given to the shepherds, and it was not something that they took for granted. In fact, they appreciated it for themselves. God had shown favor towards them as lowly, undeserving shepherds, but it was given to them also to share that news with others. So let's look at the reaction. Number three, the reaction, verses 15 through 20. Look at what it says. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, 
they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. As the angels went away, the shepherds, they didn't just stop and have a long discussion about what they probably should do and whether this is even something they should entertain. They ran with haste. They wanted to quickly go find Jesus. They wanted to meet this Emmanuel, God with us. They didn't wait to have a long discussion like many of us do before we move on what God has revealed to us. They ran. Let's go. That was their mentality. Let's go right now. Let's exactly do what the angel has said. Let's go see that this, what this angel has delivered to us as a message. Let's experience it for ourselves. Let's go to Bethlehem. You see, after seeing Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, they then began telling everyone else about this good news. The fact that they had met the Messiah, that Jesus had come. In fact, what's incredible is we see here in the text that people were amazed. They were stunned by what the shepherds told them. The shepherds went back to what they were doing at the end. But they never forgot this moment. In fact, they never got over what they had seen and heard. A couple important points here. I think this is important for all of us. One is, this was the message delivered to the shepherds directly by the angel of the Lord. It's directly delivered to them by the angel of the Lord. God typically sends somebody directly to us to give us the gospel message. In fact, most of us have probably heard it from a friend, maybe a co-worker. Maybe it was a family member. Maybe we heard it on the radio. Or maybe you're hearing it right now on video. Whatever the method, God always sends a messenger, if you will. God always sends someone to give us the good news. This could very well be God's method to give you the gospel message this Christmas. You see, maybe you've heard it many times. Maybe this is something that you're used to. Yeah, I know, Christmas, it's about Jesus coming to earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. Yeah, I've heard it. Maybe this is exactly the year that you get beyond just taking it for granted. Taking for granted the fact that God even gave you the opportunity to hear this message at the end of this kind of a year. Maybe this is the day you ought to bow and plead for forgiveness. To ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Christ the Lord. To be your Master. To stop trusting what you think you can do for yourself. You see, as bad as all the things on this earth are, there's eternity awaiting all of us. 
And this was the reason why Jesus came. It's not just a story about a cute baby boy being born in a manger. This is a story of a boy who became a man and died on a cross to pay for sin. He's buried and he rose again the third day, conquering sin and death. Death, the very thing many people are afraid of this year, is why Jesus came. And he gives you the opportunity to respond simply with faith. Believing that he is who he says he is and that your sins have separated you from God. So what are you waiting for? Trust him today. Listen to this warning from Spurgeon regarding the gospel message. The hearing of the gospel involves the hearer in responsibility. It is a great privilege to hear the gospel. You may smile and think there's nothing very great in it. The damned in hell know. Oh, what would they give if they could hear the gospel now? If they could come back and entertain but the shadow of a hope that they might escape from the wrath to come. The saved in heaven estimate this privilege at a high rate. For having obtained salvation through the preaching of this gospel, they can never cease to bless their God for calling them by his word of truth. Oh, that they knew it. On your dying beds, the listening to a gospel sermon will seem another thing than it seems now. So don't wait to respond. You've got an opportunity. Take it. Respond to the gospel message. Jesus has come to save. And that news that was delivered to the shepherds is delivered to you as well. Turn from your sins and believe. You see, another thing that's important is that the shepherds needed to see Jesus before they could share him with others. It's one thing to hear the good news. It's another to see for yourself the Savior. Who Jesus is and what he's done for us. It won't mean all that much until we've met him. It won't be good news to others that we can deliver until we know him ourselves. Until we've been stirred over our own sin. Until our hearts are moved by what Jesus has done on our behalf. You and I must bow humbly before God and acknowledge our sin. Humbly pleading for him, with Him for forgiveness. Knowing that we can't save ourselves. Jesus came because we could never do that. This is a message of great joy. That the shepherds now, when they met Jesus, could deliver to the rest of the world. They went back to their everyday life again, but they never got over what it is that Jesus had done on their behalf. They experienced what other disciples experienced later on, the resurrected Christ as well. In fact, let's take a quick look here at Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. This is about the women that came to the tomb after Jesus had been buried. And they found the tomb empty. Listen to this. 
Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and came and rolled back the stone from the door, and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guard shook for fear of him, and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. See, what's incredible is these women received the good news that Jesus had risen from the dead. This is the ultimate fulfillment of what was delivered to the shepherds. That good news, if you will. The good tidings of great joy. These women, they left the tomb with great joy. Because they had been given incredible news that Jesus had risen from the dead. This message was a message of great joy, just as it was for the shepherds. They praised God, and so should we. In conclusion, I have a very simple question. A very simple question for you and me. I want you to stop and think about this. Be honest with yourself. Does Christmas bring you great joy? Does Christmas bring you great joy? No, I know you're going to probably sing joy to the world as you do every single year. And I do as well. But if you were to be honest with yourself, does Christmas bring you great joy? Has it been hard this year? Has it been difficult to see that there is something to rejoice in. That Jesus had come to save you from your sin. You see, there's great joy in that, and yet we get over it so easily. Jesus has come for us, undeserving, sinful man, to rescue us from sin. You see, we can't do anything about our sin. The only deliverance comes from Him. You can try the best that you can to be good, and it'll never be good enough. You have to be perfect, and that's something we know we are not. That is the reason why Jesus came. He came as a little baby in a manger, grew to a man, lived a perfect, sinless, sinless life, paid on the cross, was buried, and rose again the third day, proving that he has conquered sin and death. And he waits to hear our plea of faith.
this faith that many times seems to come from a heart of desperation, brokenness. This faith that really can only come supernaturally from Him. You see, God had to start by giving us the message directly. We would never seek Him on our own. The shepherds would have never figured out about Christ if God had not sent the angel to them. You have an opportunity right now because God has given you the opportunity in sending you the message. You have an opportunity to trust Jesus Christ today. What are you going to do with it? You see, in our hearts, we're broken people. Desperately needing help. Terrified of death. And God sends us Jesus Christ to save us from sin and give us eternal life. There's nothing to fear when it comes to death if you and I know Christ. There are a lot of things that bother us this year and scare us constantly. The one thing we should never fear is death if we know Jesus Christ because he conquered sin and death. If you've not done that yet, I'm begging and pleading with you, do it today. You never know what your final day will be. You don't know if you'll have another Christmas to live to. And I'm pleading with you to take God's message seriously. To not take it like you do every Christmas, that you may have heard this story about a Savior that came for sinful man, and it's cute, it's nice, but I don't really need it. Trust Him today. Scripture tells us that if you just confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's as simple as that. If you've done that, please let us know. Go on our webpage, sgcspringfield.org, and please let us know. We would love to rejoice with you. Now, if you're someone that's already trusted Christ, you've actually known Jesus for many years, and yet you find yourself lacking joy lately, can I encourage you to do something? Go back to the first moment you met him. That moment that you cried out for help and asked him to save you. Go back to that moment. Relive it once again. May this Christmas mean something to you that the last few may not have. And when God stirs your heart once again, let me encourage you to share this message with somebody else, just as the shepherds did. When God moves you and me with this message of great joy, we can't help but share it with others. Let me encourage you to do that today. Share this with someone else.